But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, that's what I say. I had something that I just muted, muted, <laughs> muted, a little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the 9x9, the 81 square meters of the best volleyball content on the internet. My name is Everett DeLorme, coming in from rainy Toronto, and that, as always, is Mr. Rob St. Clair coming in from, how's it, how is it over there, Rob? Is it sunny? Is it rainy? Is it is it cold? Is it snowy? I saw you at the Packers game this weekend. You were only wearing a sweater. That wouldn't have been possible in Toronto this weekend. It was It was a little too chilly for that. Chicago's great. Uh, what's up, people? This is episode 97 of the 9x9. 9 97. 9. It's the Dude, Connor that's... McDavid episode. <laughs> the Connor McDavid episode, who you picked as an outside hitter on our video of drafting athletes from other sports to make a volleyball team. I still need to put up a poll uh, to decide who won that because I, I watched it back, and I'm convinced that your draft was even worse than I thought it was in real time. The comments are already like Everett won this one. So yeah. it's the Discord the Discord's saying the same thing. So you can go ahead and put up a poll all Pitiful. you want. You can go up and put you know what I put in F one drivers and I could still Everyone yeah. in the comments like, oh, you could tell Rob's from America. He's only picking the American sports. Oh, Rob likes golf more than tennis and soccer. Oh, wow. So that's true. Yep. That's that's absolutely right. <laughs> so so go watch that video if you haven't already. That came out last week. Also go watch our Champions League preview that we did with uh, two-time defending Champions League winner Eric Shoji. That was an electric video, and we'll talk about so men's great. Champions League later so on in this episode. But ever, first, we've got a lot of news coming out. Of Italy. A so lot of news coming out of Italy. Uh, first and foremost, last week on Wednesday, or very shortly after Toronto uh, lost 3-1 to one to Perugia, which, for the record, Toronto's not supposed to beat Perugia. Toronto actually taking a set from Perugia is about as much as you could ask for for them. But after that loss, Toronto chose to fire their previous head coach, Vincenzo Mastrangelo, and they had a, a bit of an interim period the last week or so. But now we get to welcome back Travica to the Italian League. Not that Travica, unfortunately, but his father will now be coaching Toronto. Yeah, um, not, not that Travica. Lyubomir Travica, Dragon's father, is the new coach of Toronto. We'll see if he can save them from relegation. I don't know. I, I don't really have any takes about this. I don't know very much I, about Lyubomir Travica. No, me neither. Um, that I mean, I'm just going to say this, but there is there, there seems to be a tendency of old white coaches who were once legends coming out of Italy, you know? And I like we can go down the list of, of these old guys, old white guys who have been there for a long time. Um, my assumption is that it's not going to get much better, right? Like, my assumption is that, like, this this old guy who I mean, when's the last time he coached? Like, do we have to have a volley box on this guy? Like, I don't is know. he is he going to come in and, and make much of a difference for a team that's probably going to get relegated at, at this point? Mm, pro- probably not. But uh, hey, good on him. I mean, like making a, a move this early um, is 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 crazy. Uh, but Rob, there was an announcement made this morning that I don't know if it made the show the show notes. Of of, the, of of a certain other firing that happened that we actually talked about last week too. Oh yeah, we'll we'll get to that when we talk about the women's league. Yeah, that that definitely made the show. But uh, okay, good. 
But yeah, I don't know. Is is Chavitza going to do anything? Probably not. If he's anything like his son, probably not. <laughs> yeah, I think Toronto's got bigger problems than than the coach, at least I assume. I'm not going to claim to have watched very many of their games this year because they're just not very good. And uh, we'll talk about their, their game against Chisterna that people are talking about in the chat in a minute. Uh, but yeah, I, I was also very interested that this early in the season, like what was it, four matches in, maybe five matches in, they decided that it was time to make that move. So uh, yeah, we'll see if uh, Papa Travica can turn that team around a little bit because right now they are the only winless team in the league and they are in relegation position. He last coached in Tunisia. And Interesting. other than one year in Krasnoyarsk in the Russian league, he's spent all of the 2010s coaching in like Qatar and a little bit of Iran. He hasn't coached anything relevant since 08 to 2011 when he was at Rosovia. Wow. Yeah. Okay, a, a very curious hire. Uh, yeah. yeah right. I just don't know about that one. So uh, that, that that's it for the Toronto coaching situation. We'll see what happens there. Uh, also, Everett, last week we were we were confused on what the deal was with Ibrahim Lawani of Monza. We have been all season. Yeah, we have, we've been confused kind of all season. He hasn't played. He didn't come off like when Arthur Schwartz went to the bench that one match. It was Eric Lepke that came in for him at opposite. We're like, you have Lawani. He's a stud. Why isn't he playing? Turns out uh, Ibrahim Lawani needs shoulder surgery. And he has been released by Monza and is going to go have that surgery. And I would presume that that would keep him out the rest of the club season. So that at least is an answer of what the heck the deal is with Ibrahim Lawani. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's really too bad. We saw him come in last year. At the end of the year, he was leading the Superliga and scoring. He's a young, long, skilled prospect. Um, one of those guys that it would be so, so terrible if – he starts going that injury down that injury train now, like the like a Zion Williamson, like a like a Politaev, like a guy who is just perpetually getting injured early. He needs he needs to be healthy, right? For a guy like that, and uh, go take care of that now, Ibrahim. You know, Superliga and and all of that can wait. Um, twenty twenty eight is really his run with the French national team, anyways. for sure, for sure. Um, but still, a, still a bit of a heartbreak. Um, for for Ibrahim Lani and and uh, and the rest of uh, of Monza having him and, and Schwartz as that one two punch would have been real nice for, for the uh, for a team that's been uh, been surging a little bit this year. Yeah, so that's a bummer. We'll uh, hopefully he is at, at the very least. Hopefully he's one hundred percent by next club season because I agree with you, Everett. I, I don't think he has really a shot at the French national team for this Olympics. But um, that yeah, I think the next quad he could, he could have a lot to do with that team. Um, speaking of injuries, there are there are a lot of them. There are a lot so of them. Many. There are a lot of them in the Superliga. I mean, I, I wish that there was a place to just to catalog and list all of them for me, so that I know who's hurt, what's hurt, and how long are they out? Uh, because yeah, we need like we need like an IR. You know, yeah, there's we no, do. Like, there's no like placing players on the IR in volleyball. You know, short list, long list. All, all of that stuff. No, I, and we, we need that. Of course, this is volleyball. We don't have that. But that would certainly help me out a lot because I don't know when, like, I, I look at stat sheets and nobody posts anything about their injuries on social media or on their websites no. or anything. There's just nothing. There's nothing to be found if you're if you're in North America about injuries in the Super Lega. But 
Um, one thing that we do know, uh, taking a look at Modena. Modena's got the injury bug a little bit. Their new libero, Filippo Federici, had knee surgery. He will be out. What I was seeing was at least six weeks. So it's definitely not season-ending, but he's going to be out for a little while. And then Maxim Saposhkov, their opposite, is out as well. Uh, he got hurt about two games ago. And I don't know the details. I don't know how long he's going to be out for because, of course, again, we I can't find that information. But it's being rumored that Modena might make two moves, two veteran Italians, Nicola Pesaresi at Libero and Giulio Sabi at opposite, might come to Modena to spell those two guys while they're out. That's not confirmed yet, but it's, it's, it's possible. Just getting from bad to worse for Modena this year. Like, yeah. I was already not stocked, soaked about this roster. Um and I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Tavisquiba has been doing a decent job on the on the right side. Like he's he's been coming in and putting up points and 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 really filling in nicely. But he's not a super Laker with the right side, right? Like teams are going to be able to key in on him so much quicker uh, than a guy like Sapochkov. Is Julio Sabi the answer? Probably no. not for, for Modena. And I mean, as I start to look at how this is is progressing, I wonder if this team is even a playoff team for this year, Rob. Like, Whoa. like it, it, it's it's starting to get real bad. Like now they're really, really going to be banking on Ronaldo and Wontahana to come up and 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 score for you, right? Because like like Sabi's not going to be putting up like if he puts up fifteen, that's probably going to be a good game for him. So yeah, I I, I think this is going to be this might s- spell the end for some of our Modena fans already for this season. Woof. I mean, I agree. You, If you're a playoff team, you do not want to be relying on Julio Sabi to score points for you. That is 100% for sure. But, I mean, they still have Bruno. They still have Juan Torreira and Rinaldi. They still have good middles. Like That That should be a team that can figure it out, hopefully at least till Shaposhkov can get back. I, I, again, I do not know the details. Um, I guess I guess we'll see if, if anybody... If any of these clubs actually post any legit information that's official, we'll obviously cover it on the show. Um, speaking of older Italian guys potentially coming back to the Italian league, there's a very strong rumor about Michele Baranovic, the setter who's been at Cisterna the past few years. This year, he and Pesaresi and Giulio Sabi, all those guys have all been playing for Hebar Pizardzic in Bulgaria. But it seems like something really is going on with that club because there's a mass exodus of those old Italian guys who are in Bulgaria playing for Haybar that I've, I don't know what the deal is, but a lot of them are looking to come back to the Superliga, including Baranovic, who might go back to Cisterna, who he's set the last couple of years. And that, I, honestly, I always liked him. I always liked him on Cisterna. He did a really good job with that team. And the, a rumor that's spinning off of that is that Davide Saita, who is the current setter of Cisterna, might, uh, if Baranovic comes back, then Cisterna might ship him out and maybe go to Toronto because Angel Trinidad has not been good this year and they, they feel like they might need somebody to to come in and set that team and it would help them with the foreigner limit. So we'll keep an eye on that move as well. But yeah, something's going on with Hebar Pizardzic in Bulgaria and now all of a sudden all these players are kind of available. It's, it kind of seems to be the, 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 the time of the year for that. I know, you know, I was, I was speaking to some Canadian guys uh, recently, and I'm, I'm not going to name any names because they asked me not to, but there's an entire, there's like seven Canadian guys on this team in Azerbaijan who's actually playing in the Challenge Cup today. Um, none of them have gotten paid yet this year. And uh, so they're they're basically telling me that they're all probably going to go, they're going to go play these Challenge Cup matches, get some film, 
and then dipset because they they haven't been they haven't been paid. So I wonder if it's kind of the same the same issue uh, uh, in Bulgaria with Pizarczyk. Well, you got to get paid. If if you're not getting paid, then that is that is not acceptable. Yeah, uh, yeah maybe, maybe that's what's going on there too. I don't know. It's it's just so weird that we're having all of this. It's almost like the NBA or the NFL or the NHL where there's these these mid season trades almost. Well, that's cool. Like that that's that's fun for sports, but in volleyball, it's just so disorganized and so random and not documented, and we just don't know what the heck is going on, and it's annoying. Like we wish that we could be we could give you guys more clarity on what these situations are, but we don't know. We can't. I I I looked for a long time to find legit documentation for all these moves and it's just like rumors on italian news boards that's all i've got yeah i mean we we know how the the, the state of european volleyball and how they view technology um, <laughs> yeah. it's 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 oh, it's always pretty interesting even talking to shoji last week he was like i'm always trying to get zach's like post more and post more and they're doing better but it's still not as 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 much as as i would like one thing that like all it seems that we're doing in the Italian league, and this goes for everything, like even up to to, to, to Chavitza, um, I'm getting hired. Italian league volleyball just seems to love just like warming up these like warm over in the microwave and just passing them around. Right, like Thanksgiving dinner for the Italian Superlega is literally just like a bunch of old Tupperwares in the fridge that we're gonna throw together, and we're just gonna pass around pass around the bottom teams while all of the top teams get all of the good stuff, get all the fresh stuff. It's like the kids table down here where they're just getting all the scraps. Like it is, uh, like throw something new in there a little bit, please guys. Come on. I don't understand why they're not, why, why nobody's willing to, to do something new, hire a coach under the age of 60, God forbid. Like, especially, (laughs) especially if you're Toronto, like what do you have to lose? Your team is not good. Like changing coaches can only do so much. Like, what do you think you're going to solve hiring like a 75-year-old guy who's been coaching in the Middle East for the past 15 years? That's not going to do anything. Go out and, f- and find some young up-and-coming volleyball mind in your country because there can't, there surely is no shortage of them. This is Italy we're talking about. Italy has the most like like the most statistician, the most data volley people. Like it has the most volleyball professionals per capita in the world, bar none. Like I, I have no doubt about that. Like if you go you go down Plus Liga teams, you go down Efrela League teams, Sukuna League teams, not only head coaches, assistant coaches, therapists, everything. Italy is the leader. Empower some of these people. Right, Bernardi doesn't need an, another job. Travisa <laughs> doesn't doesn't need another job. These old guys don't need new jobs, right? But once again, it's the boomers and the trench coats who run these these clubs who have no idea who keep on making these decisions. Silly, silly, silly. Uh, oh man! Uh, all right, you want to talk about some actual volleyball? We've got actually two rounds of Super League to catch up on. Yes, I, I absolutely do because uh, you're right, Rob. There was a Wednesday round last week, and then a Sunday. Wednesday was pretty normal. I, yeah. I would say like there was there was nothing that really popped out at me. Um, the Moans of Verona game was from last week, right? So that would have been like what would have been like the only one. Um, I did tune in to Trento versus Milano for a little bit, but it was it was just all Trento. Um, it, they were they were really good this week. Trentino was really really good this week with two solid wins against two of the M teams who are. Now there's only really two M teams. Modena, Modena is no longer a relevant M team. I'm, I'm saying it here right now. I, 
I wouldn't go that far. I'm still not as convinced by Milano yet. I know they had a, a they had a terrible start to the year without their starting setter, but I'm not ready to put Milano above Modena yet. Uh, anyway, we'll we'll talk about that in a bit. But yeah, this this week last Wednesday because yeah, Verona versus Monza was played about a week before that. We already talked about that match on the show. Uh, this was this was chalk. I mean, Modena beat Padova, yeah, obviously. Lube three dong Catania, yeah, obviously. Piacenza over Cisterna, Perugia over Toronto, and Trentino over Milano. Like, yeah, that that's that's chalk across the board. So I, I don't know if there's that much to talk about. Uh, and it, do you have anything ever that you want to bring up about any one of these matches? But or can no. we move on to the weekend? Let, I, I think we let, can. yeah. Let, let's just let's just move on straight to the weekend because yep. that's that's where things. I mean, it was a little bit of spiciness here. You you, ha- you have to admit. Let, let's start with that Perugia Piacenza game. Oh yeah, that's that's where you have to start start it all. Once again, Piacenza shows that when something's on the line, that when the big guns are in front of them, they can show up and and they can play and 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 they can be amongst the best because this one they really went toe to toe. Oh, totally. I mean, what was it like twenty to eighteen in the fifth? Like, yeah, this mm-hmm. this couldn't have gotten closer. And overtime in the fourth as well that Perugia won. Um, this was a reverse sweep, by the way. Uh, yes, Piacenza, Piacenza did go up two to zero, uh, and and Perugia figured it out. And I got to give our boy Jesus Herrera a lot of credit. He came in off the bench for Bentar in the second set and ended up being really good. You got a good Herrera game, thirteen for nineteen, uh, two blocks and an ace. So. Um, good for him. Still no Wilfredo Leon for Perugia. Um, and nothing else really jumped out to me for them. But uh, Piacenza hanging in this match, still no Yuri Romano, didn't even play. And a very bad performance, uncharacteristically bad from Lucarelli. And uh, Francesca Recina had to come in for him in the, the fifth set and was actually very good. And they still hung in this match very well. Uh, Piacenza, they honestly probably should have won this match. Yeah, I, I I thought so too. And they, they that's where the the mental toughness and fortitude of Piacenza like I question it. You know, like Lube was able to go up against uh go up against Perugia without Leon and they were able to capitalize in the regular season and get that win and and move forward. I know Piacenza is missing some guys but like you they had them on the ropes they were up to nothing. That's where a team like a Lube, a team like a Perugia is really going to like stomp down and, and power back and, and push through. For me, the story early on in this season, Rob, for Perugia has been Camille Smith. Right? Oh, yeah. This is a guy that we wrote off last year. This is a guy that, you know, everyone was calling him a bust. Ronnie, I'm mostly looking at you because you were the loudest, uh, the, the loudest of them all. And he has come back. And, you know, there is this interesting little thing that Semenyuk did on his Instagram this past week where, you know, he was answering fans. And now it was all in Polish and Italian. And it was all in his story, so I couldn't even like highlight it and like translate it like I used used to or uh, do. But there was one question about Lorenzano, and there's a picture of him and Lorenzano kind of like arm in arm talking. This man seems so much more comfortable playing underneath Lorenzano than he ever did against Anastasi. Like it has been a hundred and eighty degree switch uh, for for Semenyuk, and I and I absolutely love it. Just continuing to to, to prove the haters wrong, and I mean. If he's if he's locked and loaded like this coming into an Olympic year, that's going to be really really good for Poland. It is good to see Camille Semenyuk playing the way that he did two years ago, his last year yeah. in Zaxa when he was brilliant, and this was the Andrea Anastasi revenge game. 
Yeah. Anastasi now playing or now coaching for Piacenza. Semenyuk was the most vocal about his issues with Anastasi last year. Now they get Lorenzetti in, who's obviously a better coach. That's not even debatable. And Semenyuk goes out and goes 16 for 32 with two aces and a block against his old coach and was probably Perugia's best player top to bottom. So definitely good for him. Definitely. Yeah, Perugia's, it was a it was a good blocking game all around too. Like I, I thought it was just a it was a solidly um competed game. It was, it was actually really funny, really fun to go through on uh on um volumetric uh, as well. I wanna do want to talk about Herrera because I think that for Herrera, I think Herrera I don't know if Herrera respected Rich Licky. You know, like I, I I, th- I feel like Herrera always viewed himself as as better as than Rich Lickety. I don't know if that's the case with Ben Tara, right? Because Ben Tara can do what Herrera can do, but arguably better. better. Like, he's he's just as athletic. He's just as strong. He can hit just as well out of system. Like, he can bomb serves. So I feel like, like you know, as we know, Herrera's a little bit crazy. Concepcion <laughs> confirmed it for us. Um and that that man is coming off the bench like looking for blood, like absolutely looking for blood. So this may actually work out really, really well for Perugia if you just can make sure he doesn't start a fight in practice at some point. But if you get two opposites who are looking for blood for Perugia, that's really good. For sure, yeah. And Herrera made the most out of his chance in this one. Uh, again, he was very good off the bench. And uh, I I am very convinced that that Bentara is the guy at opposite for this team. I think he's going to continue to start. I think his that that Super Cup that he played, and then the run after that, uh, those couple matches when he was hitting 500 or better every game was very convincing. But uh, everybody needs to go to the bench every so often. Everybody struggles, and everybody needs depth, especially Perugia. So when Herrera gets his chance uh, to see him play well, was great. Yeah, for sure. Also, Platnitsky. I just love watching this. Oh, he's awesome. Right. Yeah, he, he, he wasn't he, even that good this match. He got blocked six times. Uh, but he's, his serving is just so insane. His, his, his range and his options from the service line are ridiculous. Cut hard, sideline to sideline, like tailing four meters from left to right. Like it's insane the way he can move the ball around. Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, just the depth of this team, it, it, it continues to surprise me, but it's really like, I don't know if they would have won this game last year. Right? Yeah, that, uh, that, this, that, that, that to me is the big thing. Is I don't know if they win this game last year. Yeah, you talked about like mental maturity or mental fortitude, and this is the sort of match that Andrea Anastasi coached teams lose. Mm-hmm. And sure enough. Yeah. But you, I mean, you see it like, you saw it in this game too, like as the as it went down the wire, as he gets more and more animated, he gets he, he gets more and more into it. And Lauren Zeddy is just on the sideline, just calm, cool, collected. He's just a cucumber out there. Lauren right? Zeddy's so, great. Uh, what what an what an yeah. awesome hire that was by Perugia. Man. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll see if they, he's able to match with with Sergi. Remember, honest as he was perfect until February last year too. So weirder things can happen. Great point. Great point. Uh, Next game we want to talk about, big one that we hyped up last week, Trentino versus Monza. Big sort of prove-it game for Monza against the only previously undefeated team in the league. And sure enough, Trentino remains atop the Superliga. They are 6-0. and oh. Nice 3-1 to one win here for the defending champs. Camille Ricklitzky was awesome. And I've, I've been harsh on Tricycle Man in the past. 
but I mean, 21 for 29, three errors, a block and an ace like that is that's brilliant. He was automatic, and I gotta give him, I gotta give it to him. And uh, Mikaletto, very good as well. Yeah, 72 percent of um, um, hitting for for Ridgely out there. He was unreal. And this one to me, it, it seemed like like I don't think Monza played exceptionally bad. I mean, no. even like if you if you look at their hitting too, they hit 55 percent. They only made like four. They only made four errors on the day, um, but Trentino was just really good. Trentino was was really good. They were in that Trentino mode where they're controlling the pace of play. They were controlling everything, and I'm a little bit disappointed. I did think that Monza was going to be a good enough serving team to put them out of system, to put them to put them out of rotation, but that didn't seem to be the case. No errors for Monza uh, on the afternoon or for Trentino. Um, and it just seemed that Trentino was able to run whatever they wanted. Like Spertoli was comfortable after all afternoon. He was never really in, in, under any pressure. Um, right now, Rob, in, in my, like, I, I would have Monza as that, that fourth place team behind, behind, ooh, but they beat Lubin. That's, that's, that's the thing. So if, if I would slot it in, it's, 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 it's tough to say, but Trentino and Perugia are definitely at the top of, of this league. No doubt about that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. No aces for Monza. You meant to say zero aces, 15 errors, uh, four aces, 19 errors for Trentino. Yeah. Zero aces for a team of Monza's caliber is a little weird. Like Steven Maran, Takahashi and Arthur Schwartz should, and, and then even Galassi every so often should be able to put yeah. up more pressure than that. Um, and generally, uh, Arthur Schwartz seems to be going through a little bit of a slump from the service line. Um, mm-hmm. He ha- hasn't served the ball particularly well the last couple games. But uh, Ren Takahashi was pretty good here, passed the ball great. Stephen Marr was pretty good here. Uh, yeah, offensively, Monza was just fine. It was just yeah, Trentino playing that very Trentino and also Italian national team-like style, like you said, where they just control completely control pace and control the... The, the flow of that game and Ben Monza to their own play style instead of the other way around. And that was the, the difference for me. Yeah. I, th- I felt like Arthur really wasn't on his best, you know, um, well, you got, got benched for Lepke again and Lepke at opposite one, seven for 13 with no errors. That's crazy. That's crazy. Awesome. He's just coming off, off the opposite. And he's like, it's been a year of having, you know, left side guys play in the opposite, play in the opposite uh, position with him and Deb Skiba. Um, um, doing the same, and of course we saw Taroni uh, last week. Last week as well, um, but yeah, I, I think for Arthur it's going to take a little bit. Of, like he's not used to being a starter, and he's really only been a starter since like September um, with with the Canadian national team. So I think it's going to take a little bit of time to to have a little bit of that consistency. I mean, that's what we saw from him last year. He had that like six or five or six game stretch where he was averaging well over twenty points a match, and had a couple of games where he was scoring underneath ten. So. I think it's I think it's bound to happen at some point. Yeah, he'll get there. Somebody is saying that Arthur Schwartz got a red card in this match, and I did not know that. I I didn't see it. Um, I like was not watching and at, at that point, but I but I did hear about. It. I, I I should go go back and check. Hmm. Well, red cards are always spicy. I don't know how I missed that one, but uh, I mean, yeah. T- Arthur Schwartz is a pretty fiery guy, right? Oh, like, yeah. I've seen him yell. I've seen at, him yell at refs in like men's tournaments. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, especially if he's having a bit of a bad game, you know, just a little bit of frustration, you know, the ref get a red, no big deal. Fair enough. 
next on the list is Lube Chivadinova, three donging Modena. Modena's missing two starters, but uh, still nothing they could really do against Lube this time. Lube hit 55% as a team, four aces to only seven errors. A very yeah. good serving game for Lube as far as keeping the ball in the court. I was definitely impressed by that. Uh, let's see. Alex Nikolov, excellent, 11 for 19. Ivan Zaitsev. Yeah. Phenomenal. Ivan he had Zaitsev, one line excellent. swing. Nikolov had Nikolov? one line swing. Yeah, he had one line swing that like was like it rivaled the Falcos from the summer against the Dutch. It was massive. And of course, whoever was commentating like paid no mind to it. I'm pretty sure it was Lucas Clayton. Like it was just so fr- it was so frustrating. I was sitting there on the couch with like my head in my hands being like, oh my goodness, Nikolov, that was filthy. And of course, no, no one, no one even talked about it. But in in this one, like Modena doesn't like. There was never a point where I felt like Modena was even threatening. Nope. You know, there was never a point where I felt like Lube was under stress. Um, yeah, it was. It was just a little rough all around for Modena. And I mean, I, I see them in these games, and like, I don't know if Julio Sabi is an upgrade from Vlad Daviskiba on the right side. He's like, definitely I, not. I, I, I would agree. absolutely keep starting Daviskiba on the right. Uh, he's he's certainly capable. I think he's doing a good enough job. I mean, this time sixteen for thirty three, six errors, but three aces and two blocks, and and getting the most volume. Like he's playing out of position and is playing perfectly fine. He's relatively consistent. He's contributing in in different areas best he can. He even pass some balls like. I would absolutely continue to start him over Sabi. You just need another option in case of another injury or in practice or whatever. So I get the move, but I have nothing wrong with the way Davi Skiba has been playing. But Osmani Wantarena, not good. Six for 17 with five errors. Tommaso Rinaldi, not good. Seven for 18 with four errors. Like That's where it's going to come down to for Modena, is outside hitter production. This is what I'm saying. And like the passing numbers have been all right for, for Modena this year. Um, but I, I just don't see this like getting much better, right? Like, I think you have a Ronaldo who's pretty much at his ceiling and you have a declining want on this, on this roster. Like who, who else do you go to? You can't have daddy in every position. I wish you could. <laughs> I wish you could. Uh, yeah. I mean, Lube's better than Modena. There's not that much more to say about it. Yeah. This was 25, 20, 19, 20. That's yeah. not competitive. Yeah, keep it moving. Honestly, it was a pretty, pretty. It was kind of a snooze fest this weekend in uh, in the Superliga. Not just not just not too much happening. Well, Chisterna Chisterna yes. versus Toronto was very competitive. Now, I'm not going to claim that I watched this game, but uh, it is two teams that were very competitive. And Toronto had just fired their coach, and they had seemed like they had a lot to play for. And however, they went up two zero and got reverse swept and lost seventeen fifteen in the fifth. And um, Definitely blew it in in many ways. Still, man, Kyle Russell not having a good statistical start to the season. It's a bummer. It is a it bummer. Really is. He does not yeah. look good. Uh, Jeff Jendrick was bad this game. Uh, Lorenzo Sala, the Italian opposite, came off the bench and wasn't so good. Filippo Lanza was bad as usual. Jose Miguel Gutierrez was not very good. Ten for twenty-five with eight errors. Like. Just a lot of bad volleyball on both these teams. And I don't understand really what Chisterna was doing in the first two sets that they that they needed five to come back and win this thing. Because, I mean, Teo 4 was fine. 16 yeah. for 34. 
Ramon Farragut was was phenomenal, thirteen for nineteen with no errors. Like how how did how did they even lose those first two sets? Probably just to sleep. They had F.A. Byram on, and it looks like he was bad through the first two sets, four feet, um, and was oh he was passing absolutely terrible. terribly yep. in in the first two sets, only nine percent positive. Remember when uh, Brokai was trying to convince us that F.A. Byram was like better than Lepke? I I do remember this. I remember it very yeah. well. Uh, yeah. Yeah, come and on. I, I told I just told Berkai in the Discord the other day to stop talking about FA Byram until he can play three straight yeah. matches without getting hurt or without getting benched. And this time he got benched. Uh, I, I mean, I do like FA Byram, but he was not good this game. Uh, Pavle no, Peric off Pavle Peric off the bench was pretty good. Uh, didn't pass yeah. great, but that's not really his job. Go with the Bulgarian over the the uh, Turkish guy for sure. Paris is Serbian, Everett. You got to stop making that mistake, oh, yeah. buddy. Sorry, Serbian. Why do I why do I think he's Bulgarian? I don't know. It's been, a, it's been, it's been because we've seen like the first time I saw him was in a Serbian jersey too, but when I picture him, it's in the white Serbian jersey. Maybe it's a, I don't know. I gotta figure, figure it out. I, I gotta stop. I gotta stop making that. Uh, figure it out. Uh, Alexander Nedeljkovic, another Serbian, five blocks. Good for him. Uh, I, I don't really have anything to talk about here except that Toronto had their chance, a very good chance at their first win of the year, and up two zero, they lost 25-18, 25-13, Those next two sets. Yeah, I mean that's bad. Toronto is the worst team in the league right now. Without yeah, they are. They're 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 worse than Katani. Paper and in the standings and in the standings. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Here's, I mean, Catania, the other team that is in contention for worst team in the league, actually has been decently competitive. They lost three to one to Milano. I have really nothing to say about that game, but uh, one game that we definitely need to talk about. Is Padova beating Verona? Radostin Stoichev, ladies and gentlemen, give our resident King Stooge a round of applause for somehow managing to lose a rivalry game because this is a derby game. These two teams are very close to each other geographically. Somehow managing to lose and allow Padova three points against them? What are we doing? Why Why does Toronto get to fire their coach six matches in and Stoichev still has a job? Well, you know, Rob, because passing and defense are just really not that important, right? <laughs> it doesn't matter if you fit if you pass 33 32% positive and only 15% perfect. It just doesn't matter all that much, right? It doesn't first contact doesn't matter. That just doesn't matter. Do we have a good setter? No, we don't. Nope. <laughs> so second contact doesn't matter either. Let's just put it up into the sky. We'll see what happens. We've got a couple of guys who can jump really high and 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 we'll go from there. Um, because like it's really bad when you look at the Padova numbers, and I'm like, these Padova's numbers aren't good. Like they pass 17% positive, and then and they're perfect, and then you go down to the Verona numbers, and they're way worse. They're worse, much worse. Way, 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 way worse. Down once again, no Nomori Keita for this one. Nikola Jovovich was on the bench. They went with went with Lucas Thirito, uh instead. Amin was all right. He was 15 for 32. One error didn't get blocked. So that's, that's very good. That's that's very good. And same with the just, rock, like setting rock Mozic 19 for 32 with two errors. Like that's, that's spectacular. That's above 50% efficiency. And they were never really even competitive in this game. I mean, the, the one set that they won, they won 25 to 13 and that kind of inflated the numbers. But otherwise, like this was part of his game. Like part of a completely controlled this game. Uh, there's a, a point in the chat about part of his culture that, and 
Tommy Blizzard actually said it on, on the on the Super League preview show that we did a few weeks ago that uh, to never underestimate Padova, they always seem to create a hole that's greater than the sum of its parts, and and it couldn't be more opposite than what Verona's looking at. The sum of Verona's parts should be a a semifinal team. Yeah, and now here sure. here they are losing three to one to Padova. I mean, it wasn't even close. Padova ten aces, nine errors. So such yeah. bad reception from Verona, just embarrassingly bad. I mean, Daz Verona, who did not have a good day, he was 10 for 29. He passed 9% perfect. Uh, he did get an ace, though. But then when you're the libero getting aced five times for Verona, that, that's just really that's just really bad. I wonder if Stu's chef is just standing on the side and be like, don't worry about the serve. Don't worry. Just go, go, go get ready to play defense. No, sir. Don't worry about the serve. Just go play defense. Just go. How does that guy still have a job? I just don't understand. Uh, Matisse yeah. Desmet deserves a big shout out. The the Belgian guy, twenty for thirty nine, uh, five errors. That is that's very very good game. Passed the ball decently well. Plus three aces and another good game from Gabi Garcia Fernandez. Sixteen for twenty nine. Plus four aces and no service errors. You love bringing up a good game for Gabby. Garcia he was, he was, he was you bad the previous one. He was yeah, bad. The previous you don't, you do not at all bring it up when he's dog shit. <laughs> Everett, talk about pot calling the kettle black, buddy. You're the, you're, you have a, a huge red tinted blindness toward Canadian. I literally, I literally brought it up how it wasn't one of Schwartz's best games today. Literally, there was literally that was literally a, a conversation that 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 I that I talked about. So it, it's not like I'm I'm out here being like hiding hiding him, right? You didn't bring up Padova's game on Wednesday when he was bad. Because we didn't talk about any of the games on Wednesday. Yeah, Gabby was bad in that one. He was good in this one. Uh, I'm I'm happy about that. Twenty points, sixteen for twenty nine, four aces. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. Hashtag Gianni to Verona. Fire Radostin Stoichev. Bring in somebody, probably Andrea Gianni. I think he would be good. Anybody would be an upgrade over this Bulgarian idiot. I'm sick of watching him. I'm sick of it. Once again, just like bringing it, bringing like the old guys, just like old leftover mashed potatoes from like eight Thanksgivings ago, just being passed around the Super Lega. Um, looking at the standings here, Trentino still at the top. Peruda, Piacenza, Monza, Lube. I mean, that's. I think that's like a pretty indicative, like indicative top five. Like, yeah. I, I, I would, I, I would agree with that. Maybe like some moving around, depending on some wins and losses, but everything are, uh, is all uh, is all flattening out. Verona now is being the team that is worrying me the most right here, Rob. As a team that should be in the playoffs, currently not in the playoffs. Do we think they're going to figure it out? Who Verona? Yeah. The, there's one way to for them to figure it out. And I just said it. It's fire Radostin Stoichev. That's it. Yeah, you're, and you're you're not wrong. Getting the Morikata back will help, but it's not like he's a good serve receiver unless you want to put him on the right side. And which I mean, I I could see it you going either way. If you had Shapozhkov still there, maybe, but uh, no, he's injured and in Modena in in, in the Modena hospital right now. <laughs> All right, uh, that's it for the Super League. I, the one headline this week coming out of the Lega Volley Feminile ever it is something that we talked about last week. That was Julio Velasco getting hired as the new head coach of the Italian women's national team. And boost, both Busto Arsizio, the club that he coaches in the Lega Volley Feminile, and the Lega Volley Feminile itself, like the league, both agreed completely 
that they were going to do away with this rule where you are not allowed to coach both club and the Italian national team. However, the Italian Federation did not agree with this. And uh, because the Italian Federation hired Julio Velasco and is not willing to repeal the rule that you can't do both, Julio Velasco had no choice but to step down as the coach of Busto Arsizio, as announced today. And Busto Arsizio's press release was scathing. They are pissed off about this, and I don't blame them. I don't blame them. I I think this is – it's just more buffoonery from the boomers. It's just more buffoonery from the people in trends. Goes like, well, you know, we wrote it the ink, so we can't change the rule. You know, it 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 just can't be. It 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 just can't be. Well, why not? Oh, it just can't. You know, um, I I'm I'm pretty sure it's 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 stuff like this why like Italy's young people are leaving in droves just because of these these boomerish decisions being being made on all levels. Um, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like. You went out, you went out as a federation and hired someone that you knew already had a job, right? That you know was already getting paid by an organization, by a federation that falls underneath your wing and underneath your umbrella. And everyone else was okay with it, except for you, right? Except for you, right? It, it just shows why like these these decisions in Italian volleyball don't, just, just, just don't happen because they just make terrible decisions like this one you are penalizing a team because you are stealing their coach right that that's that's, that's exactly, the thing that's, that's exactly what's happening that's you're penalizing a team for you know it, it very much reminds me of like the like like for like, this is once again italian fans but like ferrari's race to the f1 race in, in vegas weekend tracks not set up they get uh, get nailed by a manhole cover and they get a penalty. Like what is going on with these organizations that just make these willy nilly decisions on their own and then punish or like punish their, uh, their members for it. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's absurd. And, and Italy is the only federation in the world that I know of that has this rule in place. Every other federation, as far as I know, allows their coaches to coach both club and national team. And I mean, for God's sakes, my national team, John Sparrow coaches at UCLA half the year. He coaches at university. And that's like more of his primary job. That's where most of his income comes from. But he still coaches the national team and does a good job. Like, Daniele Santarelli, coaches club, is the best coach okay. in the world. Giovanni so. Gadetti, coaches club, is a very good national team head coach. Uh, Stefano Lavarini, coaches club, is a very good national team head coach. Why? And all of these coaches, Italy, are yours. These are Italian men who are coaching elsewhere because your federation won't, it has this stupid rule in place that prevents your best coaching talent from staying at home to coach your own country. What are we doing? What are we doing? And now Busto Arsizio has to flounder the rest of the year and find a coach and try not to get relegated. And I feel bad for them. They got screwed here. They did. They did absolutely get screwed here. And you know that, like, if I'm Velasco, I'm pissed too. Because you know the Italian job is not pure, paying nearly as well as the uh, as Busto job, right? Like you're you're not getting paid nearly as well, so it's just figure it out. Yeah, I hate figure this. It out. I hate this. I hate this, and I feel I, I feel very bad for Busto Arsizio. Uh, here are the Lega Volley Femminule standings. Sure enough, Busto Arsizio in eleventh. 
and uh, not going up anytime soon. And remember, there are two teams that will get relegated uh, out of the Lega Volley Feminile this year with 14 in the league. Uh, here are the results from over the weekend. I mean, Busto got three dong by Firenze. Like, they're, I just feel so bad for that club. But I mean, like they they didn't do themselves any favors either by the roster that they put together. No, it's not it's not right? a good like, team. It's not a good team. It, 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 it's not a good team. So maybe in some ways, if you're you're Velasco, you're maybe a little relieved. But um, it, it was just it was just bad all around. But uh, looking through some of these results here, Rob um, Roma continuing to win, continuing Roma's- to pick up good. Like, like this is a team coming back, making some, uh, uh, making some good pushes, beating Castel Maggiore, which was a, which was a playoff team last year. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm impressed with Roma, uh, to come back, you know, two years ago, they played, they played Lega Volley Feminile division one, they got relegated, come back this year. And now what are they, are they in playoff position? They are, they're in yeah. eighth. That's they're very impressive. Eighth right there. Yeah. Very impressive. Uh, but, however, like we previewed on the show last week, Everett, uh, there weren't going to be very many good matches this weekend. I mean, all the, all the good teams got to beat up on inferior teams like Novara, Scandici, Malonza, and Corneliano all got very easy wins. And I, just, I, I mean, I feel, I feel bad for not giving the Lega Valle Feminile the coverage that I think it deserves, but there just haven't been that many good games. There's, like just no. that, there's just not that much good volleyball to follow. No, there, there, there really hasn't been that, and there's also not that much intrigue in the middle of the pack in the no. like volley feminine either. And I mean, like the Roma Castel Maggiore match was, was probably the best one, but also uh, otherwise, you're looking at a bunch of three dongs, right? Like even Kieri versus Trentino and Scandicci versus Cuneo, even though those games went to four, like those are not four set games. No, you know, like those those aren't great games to watch. No, Trentino's also. terrible too. Like I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm surprised at that because they also got relegated two years ago came back and now i mean it's the same club as the trentino men who just won the scudetto and they clearly have not been able to replicate that success on the women's side and uh yeah is there any is there any clubs rob that are international like legit both men and women like what i think monza monza is the only one that i can think of yeah right moscow yeah but maybe maybe in russia um yeah none none of the turkish teams have both other than maybe fenerbahce Fenerbahce would be the only one but men are great right now they were in the past Um, we'll actually talk about fenerbahce later in the show because they actually got the fenerbahce men got two really good wins this week yeah they did you're right um but yeah no i don't i don't i don't know i'd love to see one day like one club win the champions league i think that'd be awesome uh, our Polish friend Peter is is Rzezhov, like is is that the same club, Rosovia on the men's side and and Rzezhov on the women's? If that's the same club, then that definitely counts. I, I I'm not aware that it's the same club. I thought it was just two clubs in the same city. Yeah, yeah. He says not sure it's the same entity. I don't think it is. Yeah, I'm, I I don't think it is either. Uh, Fenerbahce obviously is that, and that's a good one. Uh, all right. Honestly, I have nothing else about the Italian Women's League. I'm I'm sad no. for Busto Arsizio, and I think this is this is malpractice Just from the Italian sh- Federation. It sucks. Malpractice. It sucks. It sucks. Oh, R.I.P. R- Velasco. Figure it out. 
and like bigger he's, he's probably making less money too to go coach no the yeah oh I, that's exactly what i said like the contract for gusto is going to be way more way more than what the the national team contract is and i mean like you're also like like this is a man who's coming in and saving your bacon at the last minute too why are you treating him like this a man who's a legend for your federation why are you treating him like this, yeah, this why are you treating your members like this it's it's absolute garbage it's the type of stuff i expect from boomer organizations though so all right Rod, let's 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 italy's pissing me off let's move on to <laughs> uh let's move on to europe uh and the champions league women's champions league also uh underway uh last week as we look through really no surprise if no. You, there's a turkish team an italian team or a polish team they're probably getting the W. Um, actually, I don't think Flukana is the only non-Turkish, Italian, or Polish teams uh, to get a W last week. They beat uh, Balaj out of Romania in five, though. Other than that, you're just looking at pretty much nothing across the board. Again, I feel bad for not being as excited about Women's Champions League, but it's just not good. Like, there's just... The- through two weeks there have been 20 matches played and i haven't watched a single one of them and i don't feel like i've been missing anything none of the good teams have played anybody else that's good there is i mean you 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 can tell that the fans think so too because whenever it's the good team home there's no one in the crowd no one goes like why 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 would you go watch if you're a Zhezhov fan why would you go watch this team play asterix avo um and yeah i mean just poop on them in the last set 25 14 <laughs> and probably that like i know corneliano and malonza have largely played the bench in their champions league games so far too yes like it sucks it sucks yeah. however week three is going to be good um whenever that is i think i think they have a week off and then uh the first week of december i think uh yeah so not the first week of december but a, a week from starting a week from today next tuesday and into next wednesday then we get good games in women's champions league so yeah finally so we'll talk about them on next week's show but i mean looking ahead vakif bank versus malonza that's sick skandici versus Zajabasha, awesome jeja versus jeja should be competitive uh le Canet versus woods like that should be competitive too like that, that that's this is more like it why why do we have to swim through 20 matches of garbage to get to this point next week when we have matches that we want to watch. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Well, Rob, before we watch that, the men do get kicked off tomorrow, which like already looking at the men's um, lineup for tomorrow, like there's matches that I'm interested on, you know? Yeah. Like, it's it's uh, awesome. It's so much better. Week one. Lundberg versus Cheske Budovice. I think that one's going to be very, very interesting in a very, very interesting pool D. Um, Piacenza versus Hawkbank, like that must watch. To me, like must that's, watch. that's absolute must must watch uh, right off the beginning. My question is, Rob, do we? I, I sent you a link this morning from the Lego from Lego Volley. Do we? Do we? Do we want to discuss that? Yeah, we, we should at least bring it up. So apparently, as was announced by the Italian Superlega, like the, this was the the men's Superlega Instagram posted this this morning that uh at, at the very least in italy because i haven't seen it anywhere else at least in no italy the rights to champions league have been picked up by some streaming service called dazen and i've never heard of this we don't have this in the u.s the zone yeah okay well whatever I've, I've never heard of this we don't have it in the u.s but um i guess there's a new 
broadcasting rights owner for champs for all CV stuff in Italy. And I don't really know the details of this or if it's going to spread any wider from that. So uh, if you need ways to watch Champions League or CV Cup or Challenge Cup, whatever, get in the Volleyball Source Discord will help you out. But uh, I'm, I'm keeping my eye on this just in case the more worldwide distribution of Champions League changes. Because right now, as of today, the CEV is still promoting their YouTube channel and Eurovolley TV as the way to watch these things. So I don't really understand what's going on here. If we have yeah. any Italians... Any Italians in the chat? Let us know if this if this matters to you. Yeah, Dazone is 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 Rob. As I was saying, like Dazone is really big, uh, like for a long time. Now they have the rights to. Right now they have the exclusive rights to the women's soccer Champions League. They used to have the rights to the men's soccer Champions League. I don't think they do anymore. Um, and for a long time, they also had all of the rights outside of the US to the NFL. Like like Dazone is a is a is a massive is, is a massive company, and I would say one of the biggest like pure sports streamers in the world. Okay. So yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see what's up. I just find it very, I would not put it past the CEV to make this a global um, partnership and for them just to be pushing their YouTube until the last possible second. Like that, that to me would just spell CEV like upright and like, yeah. like up and down. Figure it out, CV. Whatever this this means nothing to me yet because I've never heard of Zone. We do not have it in the U.S. So uh, there's whatever they do, as long as they keep our ability in the U.S. to watch these games, then I guess I'll be able to live with it. But going back to the schedule for this week, I mean, comparing this week one to Women's Week one, it's 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 night and day. Even Zoxa versus Olympiacos, like the very first game tomorrow, is a good match. Like that's yeah. a good match. Yeah, we'll see. No, uh, we'll see if those old guys for for Olympiacos can do anything. This is a good match. Like Zaxa is banged up. We talked to Eric Shoji about True. it last week. They are banged up, and it's it's in Poland. Uh, it's in Kenzyzhen Kozle, so that's good. But uh, Olympiacos is experienced. They've they've got guys who've been there before. Uh, I'm excited to watch Lundberg on the Champions League stage. That's cool. I'm very excited about Piacenza versus Hawkbank. I think that's the like looking at the pools, Pool C, we decided with Eric is the pool of death, and that's going to be sick. Um, I'm so I'm just so excited those teams are playing week one. Then even uh, Zhezhov versus Tours, like Rosovia versus Tours, is okay. Berlin versus Benfica is okay. Pools is garbage. I think I think Berlin versus versus Benfica is going to be good. Yeah, that's good. Um, I I will actually rob. If you, if you want to join me with me for this later today, I will be uh, recording my uh, Champions League tier list video. I have it. I have. I have it all set up. Oh, so if you want to, if, if you want to join me, or maybe make your own um, tier list of 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 all the teams, um, you 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 can do that. But yeah, I'm going to be doing a tier list for uh, for the Champions League teams. Are you using the Ronnie Cuban Spike tier system? Oh. Oh, it's it's already all set up. It's it's it's, it's our. I I can actually send you the the tier maker link, uh, over on Discord. So, yeah, uh, it's 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 up. It's it's ready to go. Um, I mean, it's pretty solid. Like I've already I've already like made my picks and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be doing it later later today. So you guys can uh, can check it out. Love it. Yeah, tune into that, everyone. That'll be fun. Uh, yeah. I mean, Champions League's awesome. No matter no matter which side. I'm just happy that there are good matches to talk about in week one for the men. So this all starts tomorrow. The times on your screen there are my local time in 
like North American Central Time. So if you're in Eastern, you need to add an hour to that. But um, all these will be on the CV YouTube channel, but there will be very few that are not behind the paywall. So get in the Volleyball Source Discord if you need ways to watch these. We'll, we'll help you figure it out. Yeah, always, always come to the Discord first. Always. We won't. We we won't point you into any stolen uh, stolen uh, link. No, we, we wow. We would never but do we that. Have plenty, we have plenty of people who will. We would never do that. All right. Uh, never, before we move on to the rest of the show, uh, we want to talk about that volleyball.store. And one very important thing to point out is that that volleyball.store has changed URLs. And we it, will have. It has. I was trying to, Rob, as you know, I was trying to make a nice little asset. My computer uh, did not like me using Photoshop today and shut down just as I was making it. Um, but it is now uh, that volleyballstore.com. That's um, right. Mostly because they wanted to charge me like 200 bucks to renew the store under that volleyball.store. Uh, and then it showed me that that volleyballstore.com was available for $17. Um, <laughs> so I made the, I, I made the, uh, the economical choice and we switched it over and you will be seeing, and I will, we're going to promote these in the discord. Um, you will be seeing, we have some new designs that we, we got a couple new designs, a, a couple new shirts. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be really good. So you use the code SPICY uh, for 15% off your entire purchase. As I said, we got we got a, a, got a few new designs. Sorry, we don't have them to show 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 them for you. Um, as Rob can attest, my computer is. This is there's a reason I'm wearing, using these headphones today because my, my computer is just not just not uh, cooperating with me. So use the code 15% off to. Uh, use the code SPICY for 15% off of your entire purchase. Uh, now, Rob. Let's show the people what they like. This is all really want to see. Where is daddy? Where was daddy? Who is daddy? Why is daddy? All good questions. All good questions centered around this man right here. Uh, daddy Stankovich, our hero and the mascot of this channel. We love him. Uh, daddy Stankovich likes to lurk around on the nine by nine and appear in one of our assets somewhere during the show. And uh, you guys all have to try and find him and figure out where he's at. So last week, at the very end of the show, we were talking about the French League, the Marmara Spike League. And uh, we had we were talking about this match of Chaumont beating Tour of the reigning champs in a three-dong. And as you see there, uh, American Joe Worsley setting American Mike Marshman. Um, watching over the game at, at, from the official stand, there's Daddy Stankovic. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Do you think he'd be a good ref? Oh, of course, he's good at everything he does, including uh, playing guitar like John Mayer, because that's who he looks like. He does look like John Mayer. That's that is always my number one, uh, yeah. my number one look like. But that's yeah. uh, it's actually a pretty good job there. I like that. Thank you, thank you. So, Daddy Stankovic was officiating this game. That's where he was last week, and uh, our friends Brody Cox and Liam Gallagher found him right away. Good job finding uh, finding Daddy Stankovic. Two kind of new names in the yeah, the Mayor Sadie. We got some. We got some new blood out there in, in Love the sweepstakes. It. I like that. I like that a lot. So what you do is when you find Daddy Stankovic, you need to comment not in the live chat, but in the main YouTube comment section after the episode is over. Uh, the timestamp of where Daddy is at. So when you find him, um, note the timestamp. Wait for the show to be over. Comment in the main YouTube section um, the timestamp of where you found Daddy Stankovic, and you'll get a shout out on next week's show. Our yeah. favorite little segment. 
Our favorite little segment. I Rob, you know what we need is that the the V with the daddy in it. Like I need you to make that and send it to me, and we're gonna put it on a shirt. Done. It it will be done today. Okay, great. Great. All right, uh, we let's move on to the Plus Liga. A lot to talk about in the Plus Liga. They've played two games since last week, but first, a move, a move that we're very excited about. Taylor Averill returns to the Plus Liga. He is not going to the Chinese league as was originally his plan. He is not wasting his season over in China. He is already right now in Poland with Projekt Warszawa. Taylor Averill to Warszawa is official. It was announced by the club. Taylor is there in Poland with the team because, remember, uh, Peter Novakovsky and Streska Lysenats are both injured for the majority of the first part of the year. So Taylor Averill is back to the Plus Liga, and I am so excited about this. This is a fantastic fit, and Warszawa is good. We'll talk about them in a minute. That is a good team, and Averill fits in great. You know who I don't think is excited about going back to Poland? Taylor Averill. (laughs) <laughs> and, and not not because of like the quality of the league or, or the town or the people or anything like that but if you followed him on instagram if you follow him on instagram first of all electric you, you must you must it, it's, it's a must follow in the bible world his um hate relationship with poland's weather aka the lack of sun there is always hilarious and that was like to for his announcement video to announce that he was going back to poland he did a montage of all the best like lack of sun moments from last year uh, in Poland. Now I, I think this is a massive move. Um, you know, I, I actually did Rob, I did a, an interview with TJ Sanders on Friday. Um, Ooh, that's, I'm that's, excited about about that. to, that's about to come out. It's actually already uploaded on the, on the YouTube on the back. So if you want a little sneak preview, you can go ahead. We chatted for like over two, two hours and like we honestly could have continued chatting forever but i feel like the next interview i want to do um for the volleyball source podcast is taylor Averill. oh yeah like, i i think like this guy would just would just be electric uh to chat to but love seeing him back like i, I thought i'm i'm happy he got this contract because i know he was going to china for the money right we were talking back in west virginia he and i and he was like you know there's been some years where i've been making like not that much money to be a really good middle, to be a, to one of the top middles in the league. So to me, if he's not going to China, that means he's got a bag to right. go to Warsaw. Right. I agree. Uh, and, and, and there's been a lot of, like, the Chinese league is weird. I, I don't understand it very well, but I do know that they, the Chinese league is very prone to making gigantic changes at the last minute. And one thing that they did this year was they changed the calendar. And a lot, a lot of why the Chinese league was so appealing last year was, that they paid a good amount of money for a very, very short season. It ran from like January to March and it it was very short. And now this year it's much, much longer and they changed a bunch of things about it. So um, I agree with you. If Taylor was going to bail on that to come back to Poland, it was probably for a very, very good contract. So I'm happy for him. I'm excited to be able to watch him play real volleyball this club season. Yeah. Same here. I mean, in the there's a lot of people in the the chat being like, well, like Vashava has so many middles signed and their middles are already playing so good, but like, a Taylor Averill has to be like he was the best he was the best middle in the league last year, right? Like he was definitely one of the best. Uh, Two middles. years ago, he was he was really really good. Last year for Olsen, he was very good, but then like in the French league, his last year there, he was the MVP of the league in the middle yeah. position. 
which so is, like, which is essentially unheard of. This is a needle moving move. Like this, this is a significant okay. move as far as middles go. And yeah, Yuri Semenyuk and Andre Verona have been playing very well for Varshava, but um, Averill is the is, is by far head and shoulders above those. Bullets, head and shoulders, sure. yes. Uh, uh, Averill is by far the best healthy middle on that roster now that he's gotten there. And I'm curious to see how soon he gets gets some match time. Also, I think Varshava is playing. I think they're playing CV Challenge Cup, and they will be. Uh, they should be one of the favorites to win that tournament. It's probably them and Monza. That would actually be a really fun match. Yeah, that would actually be a fun match. I, I once again, like it's those types of matches that I that I really want to see Rob Saint Clair. Oh yeah, you know. Oh yeah. I, we, we won't, we CV won't figure it out. All right, so there, there's been two rounds of games in the Plus League to catch up on. Uh, the first was from like the middle of the week last week. Um, not a whole lot of surprises here. Uh, Rosovia did need five sets to beat Stalnissa, and I, I was looking at the numbers for this, and I'm actually pretty impressed by Stalnissa. They're, they're, they're playing some decent ball, and they're doing it without Matsie Muzai, which, I mean, my, my thoughts on him are pretty clear. But this Remigius Kapitza guy at opposite for them has been pretty good. Uh, as has Michal Gierjot at outside. Uh, 19 for 30, 53% efficiency in this match, despite a really bad reception. So pushing Rosovia to five is a pretty good performance. And then the other one that the Discord was was just up in flames about, people were calling Varshava 3-2 over Luke Lublin the match of the year so far. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Um I didn't. I, I didn't watch that one. It wasn't on my radar uh, of ones to watch, but I saw the Discord as well call that one the match of the year, and that's uh, that's pretty surprising. Yeah, I mean Varshava is good. That is a very good team on paper. Yeah. We like Jan Firle, uh, Bartomia Bolange. This match was insane. Seventeen for thirty-four plus five aces for the big lefty. Like that. That's Gross. sick. Uh, yeah, Yuri Semenyuk, the the big Ukrainian backup middle, very good. Andre Verona, very good. Uh, Igor Grabelny off the bench, 15 for 20 and two aces for 17 points in like two and a half sets in for Archer Schalpuk. Like that is sick. That's an awesome performance. And That's still, such a, I, I really like that switch though. Grabelny for Schalpuk. Like it's a very, it's a very like you're, you're almost getting the same thing, just a slightly different look. Yeah, very similar players. So uh, I like that move. I like that option that they have. But still, like Luke Lublin, a team that I don't really know that much about, uh, able to push him to five and and like look, uh, apparently looked really good in doing so. But Lublin has like a remember they went on that like eleven game run last yeah, year. Yeah, they were really, really good at the end of last like, year. Really, but they've been good, really good. Like they're five and two so far this season. I mean, like one of the losses um, is is against. Uh, um, Vushava, the other one against is is against Lviv, which is a little bit of interesting. But like they beat Skraw, they beat Kuprum, they beat Gdansk, they just beat Suvalki. So, I mean, they haven't really played any of the big teams. Skraw was the first one that that they played, but they they did pretty well. So, yeah, good good job so far by Lublin. I I thought they were going to take a bit of a step back, and they lost some of their guys, but they're they're still able to to get the job done a little bit. Yeah, I also like Martin Comenda, etc. I think he's yes, underrated. Underrated, yeah. and they have Tales, the Brazilian libero, on that team, kind of randomly. And uh, Alexander Ferreira, the, uh, yeah, Portuguese, Portuguese guy, guy, right? Yeah, yeah he, he was good this game. Twenty-one points, uh, nineteen for forty-nine. And uh, two this aces. is the team that Sh- that Shurgeon was on last year, right? Right, yeah, Shurgeon, Jendrick, and Dustin Watton yeah, yeah. were all there uh, last year. 
so Schultz. uh yeah. damn damian schultz is a guy i've never liked <laughs> i do not like no? that guy no uh, he, oh, what, a, what a surprise played played opposite for the polish national team for a hot second and was uh not very good and very annoying to watch play style wise <laughs> uh, fair enough so uh yeah other than that this like the midweek last week games no surprises yeah Olsztyn over Norvid Zavierce three donged Lviv Gdansk beat Skra Zoxy beat Katowice yeah whatever so uh however then there was this round of games where there was a uh, kind of more of the same uh Rosovia three donged Olsztyn uh, we were talking to Eric last week that that, that their Zox's game against Charney Rodham was the first of like a block they were really focused on. But I was like, why are you focused on Char- Charney Rodham? They're terrible. You're going to beat them 3-0, sure enough. I don't know, but I, I respect that he was focused on Charney Rodham because he's a professional. Yeah, Eric, right? Eric you, is you, you professional. Don't, That's right. You don't want Eric and Zoxa to be going in and being like, man, like I don't know what to, what to do here, blah, 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 all, all this stuff. Like, No, you want them going in. You're going to pay respect to every single team, and you're, you're going to play well uh, against every single team. Um, now, Rob, you know that there's one game here that I do want to talk about with my red – my rose uh, red color tinted glasses, um, and that's going to be Chetovot. Ch- ch- how do you pronounce it? Can you can you say Norvid? It's Norvid. Okay, Norvid. Let's just stick with that. Norvid's three-one win over Straw. Um, that was a big one. I know the Discord was really popping off about it uh, yesterday, and then of course Byron Katerakis with the good old MVP. Eleven yeah. points for a setter. But this is this is this is what he does, baby. Yeah. This is what he does. It's what he always does. He did it in Germany. He did it back at UBC, right? And the people in the Discord were saying the same thing. Like Byron does a lot of good things. Setting isn't necessarily one of them, right? <laughs> like he is very much like if I was going to have to liken Byron Katarakis to anyone, is that he's Tim Tebow, right? His mechanics are a little bit off. He's a little bit weird. He finds different ways to score. He m- motivates the guys around him. He's not he's not super religious by any means or anything like that. So like that's not the, <laughs> the comparison that that I make whatsoever. But he just gets the job done, and I, I couldn't be happier for the guy. Also, Norvid looking not too bad, you know, as the team coming up from uh, uh, from the Torn Liga or the second. Uh, the Torn Liga is the women's league. Yeah, they call it the yeah. one the one dot Liga, which is the second league. I don't understand how that works. There, there, there was a moment where the women's league and the second league were both sponsored by Torn. So yeah. I, I, I just, I just, I just can't follow it sometimes. Um, but yeah, like coming up, they've no, been doing good. Norvin's kind of good. So like Byron Ketarakis, five aces, four kills, two blocks for 11 points as a setter. Like that's sick. But uh, like our friend Adonis was telling us in the Plus Liga preview, he likes Norvid and likes their roster to stay in the Plus Liga. And one big reason why is David Dulski, the, the opposite that plays. Dulski, yeah. he's, he's on loan from Xavierce this year. Uh, 20 points, 18 for 42, uh, a block and an ace. He's really good. And that like an opposite like that, for a lower tier team, can single handedly keep you in the league, and I, I think he's he's really rock solid. Um, and then yes, on the Scraw side, this is a very uninspired roster. That I know that they Scraw as an organization made a lot of big changes. They fired their president Piotrowski finally. Uh, they're they're in the process of building back up to the club that they used to be. But right now, they're just not talented enough to be like a relevant Plus Liga team. It, it just it just is the way it is. Yeah, no, definitely not. It's um, it's sad, really. 
Like that's that's that like Scraw is a legendary team. It's a legendary club. Yep. It's one of the first professional clubs I was aware of, you know, as a teenager growing up. Right. Like to me, Scraw is on the level. Like when I compare like 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 Scraw is on the level almost like of like a Manchester United type of type of level. Like they're they're a Champions League team that I recognize and that everyone can recognize. So that to see them having this kind of output is uh is really sad uh, yeah really i think they'll figure it out uh firing the chairman or whatever last year was the right move and they'll they'll keep pushing it in the right direction uh those two matches at the bottom by the way the plusiga didn't update the graphic but they did happen xavier che three dong cooper lubin and uh luke lublin three dong suvalki so another yeah. friendly reminder that cooper lubin and luke lublin are different teams <laughs> They're two different teams. Yeah. Lubin and Lublin. Right. Two different teams. Did we see, I'm just double checking. Did we see Klevno? We did see Klevno yeah. uh, for, for Zevyechi at 12 points. Yeah. They're playing uh, their, they've got their full lineup now. And I'm, I'm very excited about it. I mean, yeah. Butrin, Tavares, Klevno, and Kvolek, Biniak in the middle, and then either of Shalaka or Zinishcho as the other middle. It doesn't really matter. And then Luke Perry at Libero, who's awesome. So like this is the, the Xavier Che that I picked to win the Plus Liga on our on our preview that we did. This is the team that that we thought that we were going to see throughout the year uh, with uh, Sam Cooper occasionally serving off the bench, and they're really good, and I really like them. First and foremost, related birthday to Luke Perry. It was his birthday yesterday. Oh, nice. Uh, some of the pictures that some of these players were posting about Perry were just hilarious. Uh, so shout out to the best Australian libero that we know, um, and then. Also, I had something else to say, and I just can't um, remember. So I guess it really wasn't that uh, really wasn't that important. So check out the Plus Liga standings. We still have two winless teams: Charney Rodham and Katowice. Uh, just not not good. Not good starts the the season for both those teams. And I, I will say that in our Plus Liga preview, we were right about both of them. Yes, I am pulling a little bit more for Rodham. I mean, I think Brody it's just a team. Yeah, Brody Hofer, and, and, and I think it's just a team that's that's kind of been there um, for as long as I as as long as I can remember, really. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I don't remember a league without Charney Rodham, as far as I know. I don't know, but I I can't say I paid the most attention to the bottom half of the Plus Liga. <laughs> well, a lot a lot more attracted to the teams that are currently in playoff position right now. That uh, makes but, sense. Let me see what they've got coming up this week, if there's anything good. Uh, Skra versus Varshava probably won't be great. I know a lot of these teams are playing Champions League this week. Xavierche versus Lublin is a decent game. Lublin's hot and Xavierche is good. Uh, Zaxa versus Barcom Lviv after Zaxa plays Champions League tomorrow. Uh, Rosovia versus Norvid might be okay. I don't know. Olsten versus Katowice, probably not. Yeah, a tough round. Round eight for the Plus Liga is not the best schedule. But, uh, I mean, Rosovia, let's see, who are the three Champions League teams? Um, Rosovia, JSW, and Zaxa, all playing Champions League tomorrow or Thursday. Yeah, I mean, Champions League is is, is really the the play here. Um, this week, for yeah, sure. for sure. Yeah, I'm not watching anything else but playing from Champions League. I'm excited about it. Uh, let's quickly talk about the Sultanar Ligi and the Efeler Ligi. We've got the standings for both. Uh, the Sultanar Ligi actually has matches going on right now, uh, so they're not updated in these standings here that you see. 
But uh, Vakif Bank beat Thy three to one earlier today, which is a pretty good game. And then uh, Nilufer is played in Iden right now, and they're tied one to one, and that's a pretty good game as well. Uh, those two teams are pretty much tied in the standings. But uh, last couple of days there there were a couple decent results. I mean, Iden beat Murat Pasha in five, uh, three to two, fifteen eleven in the fifth. That one surprised me a little bit because I know Murat Pasha has been has been kind of you know pumping it up a little bit, and I mean they've got Exasha Basha this weekend too, um, so that that is going to be a good a, a good one. But yeah, I was kind of expecting Murat Pasha to to not blow through Iden, but definitely get a dub there. But just shows us like, are we starting to see the Sutmar Ligi have a little bit more parity? You know, because even teams like Besiktas brought in like. Celeste Plack and, and Emily Maglio and stuff like that. They're they're down in eleventh. So are we starting to see some of that parity even out a little bit across the Sutmar League? It looks like it, and that's cool. Because even this Kuze Boro team in fourth, I know very little about. Uh, they just beat Besiktas in five, uh, who's down in eleventh. So yeah, that 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 parity t- after the top three, there seems to be a lot more going on there. So uh, I actually really like it. It's, it's been. A lot more fun to follow along with than usual. Um, however, like Vakubank, Fenerbahce, and Zajabash are still are untouched except against one another. Uh, Zajabash yeah. three dong the life out of Galatasaray. That was not even close. Same with uh, Vakubank over Ankara PTT, who I don't know very much about. No PTT though has been like a is, has always been a lower yeah they're lower, they're lower level they're, team. They're pretty rough. So Besiktas did finally get a win against Cariolari. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Cariolari is, is 0-8. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that, that definitely makes sense. Vakipenko over THY is a good win. Uh, Fenerbahce beat Sarier this morning. Ankara PTT yeah. beats uh, Jukarova. Who's, who's setting for THY? Because these offensive numbers are, are not the greatest. Um and Mike was eight, 18 for 47. Ouch. Um, yeah. Well, I, it, it appears to be... It, it, well, Makris is on the roster. So yeah, if, it's, just, if it's not... Okay. Yeah, they've got Kira Van Rijk. They've got Julia Bergman. Like, yeah, I, I was hoping for more out of that roster. It looks like Kaliska Silla? Kaliskan Silla. I don't know. I don't know that player. Yeah, she's a she's a, a 1996 Turkish shatter. Don't know anything about her. Okay. All right, that, that's about it that I have there, honestly. And then the, in the Efeler League on the men's side in Turkey, the the team that had the best week was Fenerbahce, the men who we brought up earlier. Uh, Fenerbahce beat Zirat Bank in five, fifteen, thirteen in the fifth uh, last week. Last I think Wednesday. And then Huge. they beat, and then they beat Arcus Izmir in 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 a three dong, uh, 17, 28, 26, then 25, 19. So is wow. on a bit of a heater. They're them and Hawkbank are the only undefeated teams in the league. That's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, because like who's on this Fenerbahce roster? Dick that's... Coy, Dick twenty nine points for Whoa. Dick Coy. I think Drazen Lubirich is there too. Drazen Lubirich, he yeah, had twenty two. But Man. Dick Coy went 22 for 37 with only one error and got blocked three times. He had three blocks and four aces. Damn, turning back the clock on that one. I mean, Dick 
Dick Coy is 36. He is 36 if, if, years of age. If, if Dick Coy would have been able to do that last year, Scott would have made the playoffs. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, that that's that's a banger of a match right there. I mean, I, I actually kind of like this Fenerbahce roster. Uh, Lubirich on the right, Dick Coy, Nikolai Penchev, and then Yeet uh, Gulmazolu, the, the guy who played for Hawkbank last year. has three outsides. Like, that's a pretty good little trio. Um, I don't know very much. Uh, they've got that Jelve guy from Iran in the middle who actually is pretty good and, and is young. And uh, and Berkay in the chat says that Murat Yeni Pazar is by far the, t- the best Turkish setter. So I'm gonna have okay. to keep my eye out on that because I know Berkai is very low on Arshlan Exi. Yeah. So we'll um, keep an eye on that. Not the greatest match for Matt Anderson and Sarah Bank in in this one. Um, Anderson was six for 19, zero percent efficiency. Um, he did get four aces though uh, for ten points um, in five sets. Not the greatest there um, by by uh, Anderson, but. Wuzutermat, on the other hand, 27 for 43 um, and 32 points in this one. He kept, he kept Zero Bank alive because even Kameho, like Zero Bank was really bad on the outside. Kameho only had 13 points as well. So, why is Luciano Vicentin not playing for that team? I don't know. I don't understand that. I don't know. Like, what, what are they doing? What are they doing bringing the guy over like that? that... Vicentin is a big name and a big prospect who's already like good for his national team. Like what? But also, what like you about? have two guys out here who are struggling. Yeah, like struggling. And then and I have, know they're both. You have they're Benny both legends, Twinstra like, as well. Like they they have four good outside hitters, and they're playing the the. I mean, you should play Matt Anderson, but I don't know about Oriol Camejo, especially with. Reception. I mean, no, you shouldn't play Matt Anderson if he's going. Six for nineteen and yeah, scoring ten. He, he's averaging two points. Like you know, like he's been really good at times this this uh, this this uh, uh, season. But Burkai, I'm seeing you in the chat. You're just putting the coach's name. Give us the lowdown because this Kavaz Mustafa guy seems to be on the Stuchev level of of uh, Stuch out here. Uh oh, we've got some. How, how can that be anything like that? You've got Twinstra. You're playing, but is a lesser team. You've got Twinstra and Vincentin, and you refuse to go to them. Kavaz is conservative coach. He trusts his OGs way too much. Okay, interesting. Oh, well, uh, who does Zirat Bang play in Champions League this week? Uh, it might be like Nak Rusolare. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah, Nak Rusolare in Belgium. And I would like to see Zirat Bang take care of business there. That actually is a low-key upset potential match to to watch. I feel like Kanak Rosalari, like if we've learned anything from the Belgian teams, I'm like, this is a team that can pop off at any stage. Hey, you know who you know who Nak Rusolare has? Who's that? Diego Gonzalez, the Mexican opposite from last year's world championship. Oh yeah, I forgot he was going there. Ooh, okay, okay. Keep your, keep your eyes out on that match. Keep your eyes out on that match, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, keep keep your eye on Rusolari versus Zirat. I think it's Thursday. Keep keep your eyes out for that. Yeah, Thursday, two thirty p.m. Eastern. I've uh, I've got my eye on that match. I got my eye on that match. Yeah, hundred percent. All right. Uh, honestly, I think that's a show. I have nothing else to talk about about the Turkish leagues or. I was looking through for some headlines from any of the other leagues like France, Germany, 
whatever. And I just didn't really find much, didn't find much to talk about for this week. So I think that, I think that might be about it. Yeah, uh, I think so. Guys, make sure to head over to that volleyball store.com. Yes. Going to have that, that, that'll have to, to get changed up. I literally bought the new, it should be up now. Actually. It is. Uh, yeah. The, the new, the new link is in the description. Okay. Uh, so that volleyball store.com and the store is live. The link does work. Uh, I, d- I didn't see any of the new stuff yet, but that will be up there very soon. It should be up. I'll double check. Um, and I'll also post um, some pictures of the new stuff in the discord. Um, yep. And the volleyball source discord is the best online volleyball chat community in the world the link for that is in the description as well we can also help you with how to watch some games so get in there we'll be talking a lot about champions league men's champions league starts tomorrow um if if you need any more of a full detailed preview on men's champions league go back to last week and watch our preview that we did with eric shoji featuring one of the all-time most insane moves that he pulled in the history of this channel that was awesome him Hey, like I'm upset. He was just like, oh, I don't, I don't want you to think that like you know like, this is like a cool move to pull out the trophy. First of all, no, that's awesome. This is awesome. But that that might single handedly be my favorite moment ever on this show. Yeah, that was like, so so great. Just like Shoji, just like reaching behind, pulling out the Champions League trophy. Amazing, all, all time amazingness. Yeah, um, that was that was great. So, yeah, go watch that as a primer for Champions League. It starts tomorrow. We'll see you in the Discord. Happy Thanksgiving to all of our American viewers. It is American Thanksgiving on Thursday. So uh, I'll be on the road a little bit this weekend, but I'll, I'll be watching a lot of Champions League tomorrow. And uh, we'll be back next Tuesday, same time, same place. Yes, we will. Make sure to uh, join us on the Discord. Make sure to watch some ball with us tomorrow. And uh, head over to that volleyball that volleyball store.com. It's gonna take it's gonna take a couple of weeks, Rob. To uh, also, where's Daddy? Rob, show me where Daddy is. I will. I will. All right, people. Thanks for watching. See you next week. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>